All right. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. That little toe-tapper you heard coming in is the new single from our guest, the lovely and talented Melissa Whitehouse. It's called What Do You See in Her? And Melissa joins us in her uh, native UK right now. Melissa, I would imagine, first of all, welcome back to the show. But I would imagine that when you make a song that you want people to like move to and dance to, it's got to be really rewarding, almost surreal to see people dancing to your songs, huh? It's a good thing. We've just had the video shoot recently and just seeing the models dancing and kind of everything coming together. It's good. It's a good feeling. So were you, were you kind of having a dance in the studio then? I, I, I was moving my hips in my chair just a tad. Yes. <laughs> don't put your hip I'm... up. Just don't put your hip up. <laughs> but well, last time I be... came on this uh, show, <laughs> I was about to say, last time I came on, you you really did put me in a corner with all, all of the sports questions because I'm clueless with sports. So today I've actually done some swatting up. I actually prepared for this interview. So... Mm. Well, what, so I was going to ask you: <laughs> Should we stick to the Should we stick to the prem? We can stick to the prem, but uh, I was just going to ask you one question. I hear the yeah. 49ers have a chance of the Super Bowl, so I've, I have been swatting up. Yes, <laughs> you have. <laughs> the uh, San Francisco 49ers. We're only three weeks into a 17-game schedule, but right now they look like one of the favorites. Very good knowledge, Melissa. Now let me ask Thank you. you so much. A, I- just a, needed to get a gold star because I fouled miserably last time. So thank no, you. No, that's not why we have you on. And I apologize if I made you feel, um, <laughs> that's I know that's You're not your area of expertise. But I'll ask you this then. I'll turn it around on you. I'm a lifelong Tottenham okay. man. I thought Arsenal were very lucky in the North London Derby. They got a penalty and they got an own goal. And Tottenham richly deserved both of their goals by Sonny. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts really, I think, well, can Arsenal actually win the league? And I know obviously they're saying with a new number nine as well, with everything that's been going on. So I'm not sure. I don't follow the football. I hear what's going on. Obviously, I will kind of take a visit to the pub when the football's on. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm not a Manchester United fan. I'm, I'm a neutral fan. So I hope they do it. It'll be great because they've done it before. So. What do you that's think? A good, that's a good answer. Last week I had Katie Tunstall on my show and she's from Edinburgh. So I said, are you jam tarts or hibs? And she said, what a terrible question. I'm a neutral. I don't want anyone to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Good old Katie. Um, wh- what is your local, by the way, in London? My long uh, is uh, Charlton. Charlton at the Lessig. No, your local pub. Oh, my local pub. Sorry, so I thought we, we were talking football. We've gone to the pub now. Um, yes. Oh, gosh, I'm just trying to think of the best. Um, Rick, I'm, I'm just going to sound really ignorant, but by the time I get to the pub, I don't look at what the name of it is. I just walk in. <laughs> There's lots of them. <laughs> just walk in. It's a pub. So, uh, yeah. So where, where do you go? Where, where do you hang in London? Well, the, the time I spent in Marleybone, my my pub was called the uh, the Hobgoblin over on Taunton Mews, but I went back okay. later, and uh, it's a flat now, so I kind of feel a little bit uh, I feel a little bit sad about that. Oh, that's sad. I suppose one of my favorites was the Flying Horse. So the Flying Horse is a, is a good one in London. So, mm. so do you ever get to the Valley? Do I? No, no. To be honest, uh, my cousins do, but I, I don't always get to the Valley. No, my cousins do, though. They're, they're, they're all kind of uh, football fanatics. Yeah. You know, the Latics, they used to be in League One and the Prem in those early days there. They used to be. Uh, I, I, I know that the train goes right by the Valley, so I get to see it now and then. Let's move on 
to why you're here, and that is because of your tremendous talent as a singer-songwriter. And I can only imagine the creative juices flowing in these times, especially coming out of the pandemic where we were stuck inside for a lot of it. Did, was, was that a, a fruitful time for you or was it more frustrating because you couldn't collaborate in person as much? No, it was my turning point, really. I've always written for other artists or ghost written with other kind of creatives in the studio environment. And um, somebody just said to me, why, why don't you release some of your own material? And the industry at the moment is going through this ageism thing and, you know, certain artists aren't being played. It's, it's pretty tough out there to kind of anyone over the age of kind of 30 isn't really kind of getting a fair look in with, with kind of tracks being out there unless they're already established and have been around for a long time. So to try and do something independently was kind of a challenge. But when COVID hit, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And uh, I haven't looked back. It's just been fantastic. I'm still writing with other people. Uh, I've been working with Thomas Kavner recently, who is a Nashville UK artist, but working in Nashville. And uh, we've got a track coming out very soon together, which I'm really excited about. Um, but I think the COVID time was a, a real time of reflection of kind of looking at my catalogue of work and giving myself a chance where I'd been lost in the normal day to day thing of keeping up with the studio routines and uh, working with other artists. But, yeah, it's, it's been a really good time because I've done it independently. Um, the last single hit over, I think it was just over eleven and a half thousand stations played it um, and not being signed to any major. It's just been a really great experience to kind of get my music heard worldwide. So it was it Very was a positive, cool. but yeah, it was cool. Um, but obviously, COVID such a hard, challenging time. It was kind of the rough with the smooth, really, um, as it was for so many people. Melissa Whitehouse is with us. Her new single, "What Do You See in Her," um, and I would imagine too. You know, you and I are kind of veterans of our industry, and so I'm sure a lot of uh, labels are looking for a 17 year old on TikTok. And sure. how hard is it to sort of, you know, stay? you know, um, hot, you know, and, and stay in the public mind when it, it seems like everybody always wants, you know, someone, uh, who's just going to get a lot of clicks in that world. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's been artists that have actually been kind of found or A&R departments looking for people with the amount of clicks and, and kind of followers already, because they know that they're going to basically get the material heard to a large audience. Um, what I've basically done is over the last few years since I, I signed my publishing deal with Peer uh, Music in the UK and worldwide, is I've had to find vehicles to carry the music. So um, I'm in talks at the moment with some uh, bigger film companies that have got kind of um, like films in development that are looking um, for, for material. So that's great, obviously, to get your song featured there or in adverts, things like that. You have to think out of the box. It's not just like the kind of 80s or 90s where you could just release a song and, and know that you would kind of get the opportunity of being on a high profile TV show and that units would be sold and you'd be played on the radio. Um, you've got to think out of that box and uh, keep, you know, recreating. I think there's over 60,000 songs a week released now on Spotify. So it's a fierce market and it's thinking out of the box to get the profile because obviously it's saturated. So many people can have that kind of 10 minutes of fame and be recording in their bedroom studios now with the technology that's out there. You know, when I think about all the time I've spent in uh, England and if you talk about all the networks, I think Channel 4 was probably the one I watched the most, had the most programming I liked. What was it like for you when you got on Channel 4? How life changing was that for you? Oh, do you know what? I was just, I, I was a teenager. I got the chance. I sent my demo tape into the producer and uh, 
he gave me a call. I think I mentioned it on the previous show. It was actually a slot for LL Cool J. And they decided to change and launch a new part of the show for new demo acts. So me and a couple of my friends that were musicians literally kind of jumped in the limo that was sent by the TV company. And we went there and we're going back to when there were like DAT tapes. So we go way back. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we thought we're just mime. And uh, when we got there, we didn't realize there was going to be a 300 audience strong (laughs) kind of of people there. And uh, the director said, you're okay to cut this live, aren't you? Because it is about live demo bands. And we were so unprepared and those cameras were swinging around and I got dragged down to makeup and within like a half an hour to an hour was kind of down on the main kind of stage uh, with all of the live cameras on. And it was one of those make or break moments. And thankfully, I never looked back. Um, I got an amazing deal after that and uh, toured and got into uh, a girl band. And yeah, it just went from strength to strength. But uh, looking back, I don't think I could do that now. My God, I'd be like preparation. What would I wear? How would I do my makeup? I literally just rocked up with my hair not even done. I just thought, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to do this. Um, And it was just an amazing experience. But it's getting that chance as well. I think going back then, you could send a demo tape. And I did actually put it in an envelope and send it. There were no emails or MP3s flying around. So um, it, it was a different time, but uh, yeah, an amazing memory and uh, something that I'll always cherish and and look back on with fond, a fond memory, especially Channel 4 giving me that platform. Um, it was prime time on a Friday night. So very lucky. Brilliant. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. You took the opportunity and grabbed it. I'm also interested when I was a kid in the 70s, Minnie Ripperton, the mother of Maya Rudolph, by the way, but she did that loving you with the la 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 la. And then the the octave I can't reach. So for you, <laughs> yeah. for you, do you do you when you did it? Did you do yeah. your own take on it, or did you try to hit that really, really high note? No, I didn't want to break any windows. And to be honest, <laughs> it, it was the publishing company's idea to actually cover the track, and I was a little bit skeptical. And um, it, it ended up being that we we spoke to Minnie Ripperton's husband, who who basically gave approval for the idea that we'd actually done, and the publishing company funded it. Again, I think I was like seventeen, so it was all kind of like new idea of doing things and that really kind of took off and and kind of worked but it was a weird one because we had had that track for a while and then kind of left it and it was in covid times that we went back and done another mix and it actually went into mike reed's heritage chart in the uk uh, which is a wonderful wonderful opportunity for kind of heritage artists to have their own chart because it's so challenging to get into the network chart so that that was just a, a great chance to do that um and there's another little story actually at that time I was given a demo by one of these new managers because I was desperate to kind of uh, to, to break in the industry at that point and I was doing as many backing tracks and session vocals that I could um I went and done a small amount of session work with soul to soul which was was amazing when they just launched with Back to Life. And then after that, um, I got this demo tape and somebody said, it's someone called Marshall. He's a rapper. He's done lots of things <laughs> and we're just working on things. I went in, I wrote the top line, I sung my heart out and uh, I found it recently. And uh, you know what I'm going to say. It was Eminem and obviously Dido got the, uh, the, the gig going forward with that, uh, which was mm. just like, 
when I realized who it was, which was much further down the line, I just thought, oh my goodness, how life would have been so different if I had got that break on that track. I don't think they actually used that track in the end, but um, it's a great little demo though. And uh, yeah, I found it about three or four weeks ago on the cassette tape that it's on and it's got Marshall on it and, and obviously my name and uh, yeah, it was Eminem. So very cool. Very we cool. just have about a minute. So how do people make sure that they get uh, not just what do you see in her, but uh, all of your uh, work? Yeah, if they, they can go on to um, melissawhitehouse.com, and that's Melissa with an A. Um, and you can also check out my Twitter, which is uh, melissawhiteho one And the full promo for the single is on there. And it's Melissa Whitehouse and Freemore UK. Great stuff from Melissa Whitehouse. We'll hear more of what do you see in her on the way out. Thank you very much, uh, my friend. And as I said, next time you're in California, come on by the studios. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. No, that's great. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Byline. <laughs> 